Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Main Menu. Today is October 25th, 2023. And we're on for an hour, just 60 minutes this time, to talk about Jaws and other things related to Jaws. And speaking of Jaws, let me welcome John Gassman and Jeff Bishop. And I'm Larry Gassman. And we have Monica, who is raising hands. And Jeff, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, Brad. 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 Brad in Clubhouse. That's John right. And, and and you say we're talking about Jaws, but really we're not. We're here to talk about lights, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ryan's light right. show. We, we're Ryan, talking about stoplights? I figured, you know, we should at least casually mention oh. it because it's one of those, you know, annual events that we all look forward to hearing about every year. Right. So right. we'll have to ask Ryan about that, find out what he's doing this year for, for I, I, that. I have a shirt that I sometimes wear out. It says, ask me about my lights. It's a long sleeve t-shirt that I had made. <laughs> I love that. So somebody walks up and says, "What? tell me about Oko, right? <laughs> <laughs> very, very good, John. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> Hey, so since we only have 60 minutes, let's jump right in. And, and uh, Ryan, before we get started, I just want to commend you and the entire team at Freedom Scientific and uh, VFO this year because, uh, you know, I, I know you guys work really hard every year and, and every release is special in, in some, some way, some, you know, way, shape or form. But I think this year it, it is just unbelievably stellar in the in the feature set that you're bringing to the 2024 release in fact i don't know the last time that i've seen as many impactful features in a release that are that are truly life-changing in reference to the way we interact with our devices and the way that you increase productivity and efficiency uh just thank you for for that because wow and we're, and we're going to hear all about these, but I, I just wanted to start by just giving you a huge, sincere thank you to you and the entire team for the monumental effort that went into this release, because as everyone will soon see, it was, uh, it was substantial. That it, and I agree. I, this is, I was just telling our team earlier today, even as we were kind of celebrating the release went out, it went out on time to the day that we had planned. And I said, th- this is one of those that I, I don't ever want to say which release is better than another, but no. I, I had to admit to the team, this has got to be in the top as far as new things that we've been able to bring to the table. And, and the, the truth is it's a reflection of the way that we're operating now. We've over the last year been trans transitioning our development style to agile scrum, which is just terminology for a certain type of development methodology, but it, it distributes thinking and it distributes uh, impact across our whole team. So it's not just one or two people who are deciding everything about our software. It's the whole team, many of which are users of all of our software. And so I think what you're seeing now is a reflection of that style of operation where we're all 
having decisions. I don't get to just decide. Roxana, our product manager, she's not the only one that decides. There's a, there's a whole group of people who are influencing and deciding what's coming in and out of the software. And I think this is a reflection of that. Well, where do you want to start? Because I mean, I, I can think of two features right away that I think are are probably the there's so many, but the, the the two that I'm thinking of, of course, are are the Braille feature that's new, and, and of course, um, you know, the new face detection features that are built into 2024. Yeah, and and those are probably, t- in my opinion, the, the top two things. And so maybe we can start with face and view. Um, okay. and, and I'll kind of talk about what that is. The idea around this is, is not brand new, right? I mean, this is technology. iPhone has it. There's a third-party app that does it. But the point is we wanted to integrate this idea of technology into JAWS because the problem, the way I try to frame things is what is the problem and how can we solve it? A problem that all of us face, myself included, who our JAWS users is when you're on a video call, you don't really know for sure, or it's hard to know for sure, is the camera pointing at you? Are you looking in the right direction? Is my, you know, is something off about like I use when I use my laptop camera, I always wonder, did I get the screen angle right? Because when I open the lid, you have to set the, the cameras at the top of my screen. And so I'm wondering, do I get the angle right? Am I is it gonna cut my head off or only show like from my face or from my mouth down or something like that? So that's the problem we all face. And the way to solve it is is using leveraging some AI technology that's face detecting technology. And and it actually can recognize your eyes as well. So we can even see if you're generally looking at the camera. So the way it works is when you you would use this face and view is the name of the feature. And you would use it right before you get on a video call, whether it's Teams, Skype, Zoom, WhatsApp, whatever technology, doesn't matter. You, You turn this feature on and JAWS will tell you things like look to the left or or move to the right or move up or move down it will give you verbal instructions to help you make sure that your head is centered in the view that your lighting is sufficient because that's another thing that i know a lot of us struggle with is is you know may i may be looking at the camera but if the lighting's not right people they're not going to be able to see me because they're just going to see a big shadow for example so it's going to help you see if the lighting is sufficient and if you're looking at the camera and if your head is generally in the in the shot now we can't tell you how good you look we're not there yet but we can at least tell you if you're looking in the right spot and so that's what face and view does it's we've already working on some updates for it and some enhancements for it for even the december update so this will be one that it's not a release and then we never touch it again this is one we'll we'll make modifications to especially as we get feedback on how people use it and what things we can do to make it better but this this one, I, I, I've been using it ever since we started developing it. Actually, back in June is when I started using it because it, it helps me every day as well. So it's uh, it's one that I think is applicable to a lot of us. And, and it's to help us all come across as professional. And when, when you're in a meeting with sighted people and they can see you, you don't want to look off-putting. You want to look just like everybody else. And that's what we're trying to help us do with this. Jeff, you 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 also mentioned Braille. Um, yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, and so so split Braille is is kind of one of the one of those 
the other feature that I, I really think is is critical for Jaws uh, for consuming information. Uh, you know, one of one of the challenges we face with screen reading in general is we're generally only able to read and interact with one thing at a time on the screen, whether it's tabbing around or arrowing or whatever it is. And the same applies if you're using a refreshable Braille display. You're normally only seeing one general area of, of the screen at one time. And so some of our developers came up with this idea of what if we split a Braille display in half and we, and we created two regions of a display, and whether it's an 80 cell display, a 40 cell, a 20, a 14, doesn't matter what the size is. JAWS can tell what the size of the display is. And so we said, what if we split it in half and let you have text from one area on one side of the display and text from a different area of the screen on the other side where you can read them independently and actually navigate text independently. So that was kind of the idea that that came up with and, and a couple of our developers and testers really took this and absolutely just ran full speed with this back um, last fall or sorry, last spring and, and over the summer in developing this. And I've not seen that group as excited about something in Braille probably ever. Um, I mean, they, they, the, the testers and the developers working on this, it's revolutionized the way that they operate. And so we, we see that potential for anyone who's using a refreshable Braille display. And it's not tied to any one particular manufacturer. You know, we, we have key mappings and commands, obviously, for the focus line of Braille displays are already built in. But we've made this open for other Braille display manufacturers who partner with us to also provide us with key maps for their displays. So Humanware has has done that with uh, the Mantis and the the, the BI series. Poppenmeyer in Germany has done this. We're in communication with some other vendors as well to to get their displays into this. But there's keyboard commands to do part of this anyway. But you know this is something we. We want Braille access for everyone, and we want to increase the capabilities of what we can, what JAWS users can do to interact with Braille. So, I would say uh, there's a, a a ton of different ways that split Braille can be used, but a couple of of the highlights are, for example, you can buffer text on one side of the display. So, so imagine if you're trying to read some things from a web page and then take notes about it. You can have the text from the web page buffered. So it takes a snapshot of it when you press the command and it puts it in a buffer and you can pan through that buffer, navigate it. You can even copy text from it. So you could have that buffered text on one side. And then on the other side, you could have your document that you're working with. If it's, if you're typing notes in word, for example. So you can be interacting with both things and reading both things at the same time uh, and, and panning through the, the text and moving through it independently of, it, of each other. So that's one that, that we're seeing a lot of use out of because it's kind of like when a sighted person has a piece of paper beside them and they're just glancing over and looking at it while they're typing notes about it or they're, they're kind of interacting with two things at once rather than having to move focus back and forth between different programs. Um, that's where this buffered text idea would be really helpful. Um, working with Word documents, annotations, things like 
when we read, we need to read footnotes or end notes or comments. You know, oftentimes you can, if you're reading a Word document, you, you'll know there's a comment here. And we have keystrokes in JAWS, for example, that will let you read that comment or that end note, or and you can flash it up on the Braille display. But uh, having JAWS automatically go into the split Braille mode when it sees that you have a comment or an end note or footnote can just make it much faster to to consume that. So if you're reading a document with a lot of comments in it, rather than every time you see the comment indicator having to press commands to to bring that comment into view, with with the split Braille mode turned on, JAWS will do it for you. And when you when it gets to text that it finds is, has a comment, then it'll quickly split the Braille display in half. And on the right half will be the comment text that you can navigate. And on the left half is still your document. And then when you move away from that comment, then it'll go back into normal line mode, for example. So this is going to be really helpful for those who are consuming or working with Word documents, especially in, in trying to navigate all the comments that a lot of people put in, into documents. Will speech they, history. Will they no, see everything? Oh, okay. Will they see everything using split braille that they hear with JAWS? Is there anything that will be discounted because there's only so much room, right? Yeah, and that's where panning comes into uh, mm -hmm. comes into play. So it'll be all the normal things that you would get with braille. We're not doing anything different there. But there is a mode um, where with split braille called speech history. So mm -hmm. you can actually have on one side of the display every single thing that JAWS is saying, a, a true transcript or running transcript of what JAWS is speaking as you navigate, if you're using speech and Braille, where on the other side of the display is whatever you're focused on. And so, so that that is a way. So when, when there's certain types of things that may only come across in speech, for example, then the speech uh, history mode for split Braille would be really beneficial for that. So, I mean, an easy example might be if you're in Teams and it, you know, when you when someone joins a Teams meeting, it says, you know, Ryan Jones has joined the meeting or whatever. Well, rather than interrupt what you're doing to read that, if it if you're in the speech history mode, that'll that'll pop up there and you can see exactly how that name is spelled or or whatever the case may be, in case that's helpful to you. Um, some some of the other modes, there's a translation split, and this is really good if especially if you're learning Braille or or practicing Braille skills, where you can actually have the same text on both sides of the display. One of them uh, in different translations. So, for example, if I'm uh, learning UEB Grade Two, for example, then I can have that on one side and then uncontracted Braille on the other or computer Braille on the other. Um, so it, it's actually one of the developers who worked on this or the product owners who worked on this, His he, he was still kind of learning Braille and, and you know hadn't really probably invested as much time and energy as he might have wanted to in the learning Braille. But the, this, he said, this feature alone has helped helped motivate him to work on his Braille skills where he could see the same text really easily in both contracted or uncontracted Braille. So we think this will be really beneficial in education settings for teachers. If you're teaching a student and they're learning Braille to have both 
uh, you know, contracted and uncontracted, for example, on the same line, you can pan through them and see exactly what it looks like uh, with, with either translation or Braille. And it works on most Braille displays. Does it work on the e-reader, which is a very small Braille display? Uh, and does it work at, to full? If it does, does it work to full effect? Because it is. Well, so- yeah, I mean, the, so the the what we we had to decide: do we want to limit this to only Braille displays of a certain size or larger? So, I mean, logic might say, well, if, if it's less than a twenty cell Braille display, this might not be that helpful. But we decided not to limit it from a JAWS perspective because we said, look, it's really the user's, should be the user's preference if they want to use split Braille. So even if you have a 14 cell, I, I don't know how many cells the e-reader has, but we, we're not blocking this feature um, based on the, the Braille display size. So you know, if it's an eight cell display, then yeah, you're not going to be able to see much on either side because two cells have to be used for the delimiter to show you the middle of the display. But you know that that's up to the user to decide wh- what's right for them to use it. Yeah, I think it's twenty, I believe. Yeah, so you'd have you know ten cells on either side, although two of them are are delimiters, so basically nine cells on either side of the delimiter, which you can you know especially if it's contracted, get a couple <laughs> few words at least on there. Are there braille displays where it will not work, or do you think it probably will on most? There's nothing that we're doing to block it on any okay. display. So there's right. we, we we don't have in-house every single iteration of a display to test. All the ones that we test with, with the, our Braille display partners, are working. Now, as I mentioned, depending on how many function keys a display has, there there may need to be some mappings done for those. And and so that's why we're, we're working with our partners such as Humanware, Poppenmeyer, and, and the other display manufacturers that we work with uh, to get those key maps in. I think you'll see some more even in the December update uh, as as you know, those companies tell us how they would like to see this functionality work with their displays as far as what keystrokes, what, what buttons you use to do the panning and things like that. I would. I also want to mention there's some specific applications that we've done some work here with. So, for example, with Excel, there's some custom views that we've created for Excel, um, where you know, by default, again, JAWS is going to act like it always has. But if you turn on Split Braille in Excel, you could set it up, for example, to have one side of the display only showing you the monitor cells. So, if you ever use monitor cells in JAWS, where you can have it. You press a keystroke and it'll read you the, the value of a particular cell that you defined as a monitor cell. We can have it now where monitor cells can be displayed on one side of the of the Braille display and then whatever cell you're focused on is on the other side, for example. Or um, the column row, column or row totals can be on one side of the display. The formula uh, for the cell can be on one side of the display. So there's, I don't know, four or five, six different things in Excel, specific modes that that our team created for Excel. Outlook is the same way. So we have a mode right now where yeah, there's a there's a thing called a message preview as you're scrolling through an inbox in Outlook. And, and for a sighted person, as they're 
scrolling through their inbox, they can see like a two-line preview. And most of us have probably seen this if we use an iPhone, where if you're scrolling through it, it'll read you the first couple of lines of a message in many cases. That's the preview idea. And so with this, with Split Braille, you'd be scrolling through and on one side of the display, you're seeing the line of text from your inbox. So it would say you know, the name of the sender, the subject, the timestamp. And on the other side of the display will be a preview from that message that you could quickly read to decide if you actually want to open that message up or not. PowerPoint, we've got some views there where you can have your uh, speaker notes on one side of the display and then your regular text from the slides on the other side. So those who are delivering presentations, this is really beneficial because now you've got your speaker's notes right there and the slide text right there. That's huge. That's but huge. This is one. I, I, I agree. This is going to be really beneficial for those doing I, presentations. I, I, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people understand how, how huge that is because it's such a common thing, you know, uh, as someone who's given many, 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 many presentations, I wish I had that 10 years ago, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. man, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, this this one I think will get the, a lot of these. There's so much here. The truth is, it will be hard to use all of these for people over time. I think what will happen is people will try one or two out that, and 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 we'll use more of this as your daily life dictates. You know, if you're not doing presentations every day, you probably won't use the speaker notes function. But maybe six months from now, when you do a presentation, now it comes into play for you. So I think there'll be a lot of learning and exploration by people on how to make use of this. Um, teams is the other one. We have some custom views, split views set up in Teams. So so this one's really nice where you can scroll through a chat history. So imagine you're, you're, you're reading a chat thread in Teams and you're trying to type a reply, but you want to read what you're typing in Braille. But on the other side of the display, you can be panning or scrolling through the chat history thread of the, the chat that you're working with. So if you say, oh, uh, what? how did I spell Jeff's name? Then I could scroll up that side and find a message from Jeff, check out how to spell his name, which is really easy. But it, the point is you can kind of navigate that thread while still typing your message and see both of those things at the same time. So those are, those are kind of the highlights of, of what's in this feature. And like I said, what what we're going to be anxious and interested to see is how people are using it and, and bring us ideas, other things. You know, we we want to hear from people to see how, how do you think split braille could benefit you? What are some other use cases that we might not have thought about that would be beneficial? And, and then we can always look at adding those in as we go over time. One of the things that you guys always try to do in every release, and this has been true for a very, very long time, is to really focus in on the education space whether it's K-12 or higher ed, um, it's always been an area of major of concern. And you did it again this time with MathCat. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so education is is extraordinarily critical for us. And MathCat is something we've, we've been, people have been asking about this for a while, but MathCat is an open source library. And it's, it's, it's basically created by a gentleman who wanted to come up with some standards around how to communicate math information for people who are blind or low vision, mostly around speech or, or Braille. And 
we had been doing this in JAWS for a number of years, but we kind of, the team kind of came up with our own standard and it was pretty JAWS centric. Um, and so when we found out about what Neil is doing with MathCat and we decided we should just adopt the MathCat standard because it is used in other screen readers and NVDA uses this and, and, and maybe others as well. And, and we think this has a lot of potential because it's open source. It will be the community will contribute to this. And so we decided with this release that we would, we wanted to switch and move towards using MathCat as our primary engine for communicating math content via JAWS, whether it's speech or Braille. And so it turned out to be a really big project. And so we're not done with it yet. We we're, we feel like it's in a pretty good place, but we're not done. And so the way that we're, we're doing this is rather than just uproot everybody who uses math and change it immediately, we put this behind something called the early adopter program. And the early the early adopter program, we actually launched this with ZoomText about a year ago. We moved it into JAWS and it's a way for you to go and try something out, turn it on for a while, check it out, see if you like it. And then you can turn it back off if you don't. So we're not forcing you to use MathCat now. And so by default in JAWS 2024, MathCat support is is not turned on. But if you go into JAWS and go to the early adopter program and turn it on, you will get to see how MathCat is working. So you can decide, yeah, I think it's good enough. I'm fine with using MathCat and, and I like to keep it on. Or you can go try it and say, I think it's still got some things, bugs to work out for me. And what I do, I'm going to stick with the traditional uh, math support in JAWS. So we've sort of put it we, we put it behind the early adopter program just to give more flexibility. And the early adopter program, it's it's in the options menu of JAWS. So if you just go to the options menu, scroll down to early adopter program, and you'll see MathCat there. And, and right now, it's the only thing in the early adopter program is MathCat. So you can check that box. It'll turn on MathCat support. If you decide you don't like it, you can check it, turn it off. And we'll use the early adopter program for other features as we go forward for things that we want people to get to try them out before we force them and make them the default setting, for example. Hey, Larry, how many times have you, uh, you know, been in the other room or uh, you're even doing something on your computer and you get a, a Zoom call or a Teams call or, you know, if you're really, really classic, a Skype call? Who uses that anymore, right? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> man, wouldn't it be cool if... Uh, Eric Damry does. Really? He used Skype. When we were working for FS, he still used Skype. Wow. Yeah, we, we um, made the plunge to Teams a few years ago, but, yeah, yeah we used we were a Skype shop for a while. Oh, big definitely. time. Big oh, time. I think the whole world was a Skype shop yeah, for, for a while. Sure. But yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we had a feature where you could really quickly and efficiently answer a call as opposed to, you know, going, oh, God, where's the team's window and what's the hotkey to get it going and all that crazy stuff. Wouldn't it be awesome, Larry? Yes, and I yes. think you going to tell me about it, I think. I know, and John, wouldn't you love a feature like that, John? I told Larry just last night, 
we really need a feature. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's find out if Ryan actually has something to solve our problem. Ryan? You know, the thing is, I told all the developers since since yesterday, since this came up from all you guys, guys, we got to we gotta get this for them, like, within 24 hours or less. And so, and I they, knew it. I knew it. And they said, you're nuts, Ryan. We're going to bed because it's too late. But... No, this this has been a. There's so many applications now that deal with video calls and uh, different ways that we're. I mean, you're getting pinged on different avenues now, and so part of this actually came up from changes that we were seeing even in Teams of some different commands and some of us using different versions of things, and then PhoneLink is is a, a new feature of Windows that came out back, uh, I believe, in the early spring. Time where you can you know, connect your iPhone or an Android phone to your oh, PC. the chat thing, yeah, and you yeah. can you can respond to iMessages that way. You can actually initiate oh, phone, phone calls. Link. Phone link, yeah, yeah. You can initiate phone calls. You can answer phone calls on your PC. Again, just more commands or more things that. What am I answering? How, how do I answer this? And so, and, and real quick though, Ryan, be yeah. really careful if you do have a pop-up window with phone link when you're on a call on your iPhone. Don't close the phone link window. I've done that many times. That's a very <laughs> valid really point. Bad. If you if you press Alt F four, thinking I need to get this window out of the way, and then you exactly. hang up on the person. Like, it just Why did you hang up, up on, on the me? Person. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it, actually, I, I I am ashamed to admit how many times I've done that. It's, I've done it a dozen, <laughs> tons of times. times. It's really embarrassing, right? <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, very good call out. Yeah. So we had our scripters come up with a, a technique to. Um, where if you're getting a call, you you can press Alt Windows C, and it will bring up a Jaws screen, and you can decide you know, if it's a if it's a phone link call or a Teams call or a Skype call. You can choose which thing you want to answer. So if you if you can't remember what's the command to answer a call with phone link or Teams, and the the the, the keystrokes change from time to time. You can use this JAWS command and it'll bring up this list basically of which thing do I want to answer? And then I can choose that thing, whether it's if it's a Teams call, I'll choose Teams. Um, I can choose to accept with audio, accept with video. I can decline the call. So it's basically just a way to help people not have to remember all the different commands for some of the different applications. And we'll add more to this right now. I think we're supporting... I know we're definitely supporting Teams, PhoneLink, and Skype, but I suspect you'll see us add more things in here as we go forward in time. I was just going to ask, is Zoom in this list yet? I didn't, I didn't I see don't it. Think any, but no one can call you on Zoom, can they? Like You can't no. get an incoming Zoom call. You can, I think you, I, uh, can, uh, you have to be. Oh, maybe not. No, it's Slack and, and WhatsApp, they could. But Slack and WhatsApp, yeah, I think that's you're right, a couple you're right, you'll you're probably right. that's see my us That's my bad, add. yeah. Yeah, fortunately, if people could call me on Zoom, it'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought you could add a maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of Teams only here. Okay, all right. Very very interesting. Well, I'm excited about that, especially for Teams. For me, it, it it's uh, really saved my bacon a little bit. You can answer the call really efficiently that way. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of Teams and Slack and Discord and the other ones, we did add some scripts in this version for Discord, but the the and we added some stuff for WhatsApp in the past. But one of the things that 
is a challenge, as everybody knows, is how fast other applications are updating, whether it's Teams, whether it's Zoom, it's Chrome, it's Office Suite, Discord, Slack, all the stuff. Some of these things are updating every couple of weeks. Like they're pushing out software uh, all the time. And our cycle for updating is, you know, around six to eight weeks time frame. Um, and so when when something breaks in Teams, let's say, that, and I'm not picking on Teams, I'm just, it just pops into my head. But if, if Teams makes a change tomorrow that breaks something in the way that JAWS works with it today when we released it, our next opportunity to fix it would normally be in December. So now you've got to wait, you know, six to eight weeks before we can push out an update. And then you've got to go download and install that update. So one of the things that we came up with now is to do what we're calling seamless updates of scripts. So it's a way that in the background, if we find a small thing that we can fix with our scripts, whether it's you know our team scripts or our Zoom scripts or Discord, we can push an update out and every time JAWS loads, it'll check and see, hey, do, are there any script updates out there that I need to go grab from Freedom Scientific? And if there are, it will grab it and, and bring it down to your machine and you'll get that fix immediately. So the idea is if something broke tomorrow in Teams, we could have a fix deployed to people by a day or two later when, once we make the fix, test it, validate it, and then upload it. Then every time you you start up JAWS, if you've got an internet connection, it'll go out and check to see, are there any updates like that? And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to reinstall. You don't have to wait for the whole installation process. It'll just grab that script behind the scenes. And most likely, you'll never even know that anything happened. And so we're really excited about this as a way to just keep people updated and, and fix problems. We're not expecting to use this to add a bunch of new features and functionality. We're looking at this as a way to get fixes out there for people faster when the software that we all use on a daily basis updates itself and, and we have to change something. That's pretty Very, cool. Yeah, and, and there's a lot more in this. I mean, we could go on the whole 60 minutes oh, here talking yeah. about features. I mean, there's ARIA changes. Yeah, we've changes. got a huge partnership with some of the web standards group. Now that when I started a little over a year ago, that was one of the things I said I want I want us to be lockstep with the access the web accessibility community in a, in a way that we had not been in the past. Not that we hadn't been, but just I wanted some tighter collection. And and, and Vespero, we're uniquely set where we've got a screen reading division and we've got a web accessibility division, and we're really one company. And so we're, we're taking advantage of that that kind of a partnership and we're trying to help bring the entire accessibility community forward in, in it as it relates to how screen readers interact with ARIA, which is a you know, certain type of programming for web technology. So you're going to see a lot of work in how we're interacting with um, web content and, and trying to be more standardized across that so that web developers can build things and and know how it's going to react with screen readers a little bit more effectively. But yeah, Jeff, you mentioned Office. I mean, we've got a lot of just little bug fixes here and there. Yeah, a little polish. Annoying to us, some polished things, some things to keep up with what Office is doing and changing. Um, we've we've updated our Lib Louie Braille. Uh, translation tables, you know, that, mm -hmm. that open source stuff, they're pushing out 
I don't know if it's monthly or every other month update. So we're we're trying to keep more current with that. I mean, I'm just looking at the list. I could sit here and read this stuff for 45 minutes straight. I know. It's, I, I, I'm doing the, the same thing. Been done. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, Ryan, love, I, I love the features, but I love even more the chance the chance to update bugs and small things that makes Jaws work even better. The features are nice, and and you you've grabbed a bunch of them and put them in this time, but but a lot of these bug fixes have been fixed, and people won't know until they actually use Jaws how many things have been fixed, even since we started beta testing this year. It's just an amazing amount of things that have been fixed, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, I would pay for I would pay for an upgrade just for bug fixes alone, no, uh, as too. far as I'm concerned, uh, because it's such a vital tool, that. you know. Yeah. You know, so exactly, yeah, it's, it's great. So we we did some. So I had uh, I had our engineering team run some statistics for me over the course of 2023. We fixed 945 bugs across Jaws, Zoom Text, and Fusion, and did 32 feature completion wow. work projects, which is just mind-boggling. With that's, a, that's, a team that's, that's, we're, we're not a big team. We're not a big team at all. Uh, but yeah, to, to, you're, you're talking about bugs. What you'll see like in our December update will be a lot of bug fixes, for example, because we're, we're always looking to find that balance of we want new features, but we just need things to work. And there's so much happening under the hood with Windows and the browsers and everything that there's there's going to be a lot of bug fixes that we're always having to balance in with with the new functionality. Hey, Ryan, I know this is not your forte, but I thought I'd ask you about it. And if you don't really want to talk too much about it, that's fine. But this is about the academic licensing program that rolled out in July mm-hmm. of, of this year. Um, I, if people are not aware of this, it is one of the greatest inventions that you guys have done from a licensing perspective for the education space um, that I have seen in a very long time. And our I, I can only speak for <laughs> where I'm working, which is at the University of Arizona. We are we are so excited about this because it, it will allow us to get you know fusion and jaws into the hands of our developers who who want to be able to test with the the screen readers, you know, you know, that are being used by faculty, students, and staff. So, can you can you tell us, you know, in a couple of minutes about this new program, or or should we get like Doug or someone to come? On? I mean, you know, so this is Doug, Douglas Gary, who's our our national director of software sales. We, we we have a close relationship. We talk usually once, twice, multiple times a week, a lot, and and we're always brainstorming. How do we get our products that we get Jaws, ZoomText, Fusion into the hands of the people who need it. And one of the areas, as I mentioned, that's really uh, I have a huge passion about is the education space. And so we looked at the barriers of entry for universities to get access to our software can often be difficult because you know, in, in, in a university, in many cases, the population of visually impaired students is fluctuating from year to year. You, know, you may have five or six visually impaired students this year, and next year it's 20, and then a year after it's two. And and so maintaining the traditional licensing scheme for JAWS with that kind of fluctuation is difficult. And you know, one year, all of a sudden, now you got to pay a lot more money because you need more licenses, and then you don't need them. And so we came up with the idea for a flat fee structure, basically a yearly subscription fee that we've offered to universities 
um, to to have as many licenses as they need to. And I don't want to go into pricing because that's time stamped based on today, but it's a it's a dramatic discount um, that we're we're offering. But the biggest thing is we're offering at a flat rate for universities, and it's based on the population size. How many students does that university have? And and that's what will kind of dictate the price. But at that point, when when you sign up for that program, you've got as many licenses as you need. As you need it, so you know it is. Jeff, you mentioned even about developers using it, or students, or faculty, staff. It doesn't matter anymore. And, you, and the, the schools can budget this in. They know how much they're going to spend every year because it's the same every year, and they don't have to worry about the fluctuation and paying for the SMA. And then you got to remember two years later to get another SMA. And so, it's been very, very successful. And I, I'm, I'm glad to hear, Jeff, that you're seeing benefits of it. Well, well, not to mention about keeping people current, right? I mean, th- that's one of the other big issues that we're having on campus is we've got all these satellite offices around the campus and they've got, we won't talk about what they've got, but they've got all <laughs> kinds of different versions of JAWS out there right. on, on machines. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that actually that, that actually works on that machine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it's, <laughs> you know, right. it's like, you can install minute, really? that? Wow. That, and yeah. you can actually bring up that browser? Really? Right. <laughs> I, I was like, wow. I, I so and it's not it, it's not because people don't want to do it. It's just people don't think about it, you know? Exactly. And and then there's the license server thing, and you're like, oh God, now you gotta configure environment variables and you gotta do this. And you got I mean, it's just it eliminates all these complications and oh my gosh, it was like Christmas time. So just <laughs> I'm very, very excited about that, it. That's that's you can't excellent. tell. So I'm thank you for that. I'm yeah, glad to hear the success. That's that's what we wanted to see from this. Excellent. Ryan, do you expect or plan for this type of a situation to occur with companies as well, or is that a different different roadmap? Yeah, we're kind of looking at that, and, and, and some are already shifting to this idea of, I mean, the world that we live in is, is oftentimes a subscription kind of world. I mean, think of all the things we sign up for that are subscription-based, whether it's monthly, yearly, or whatever. And we've had this in the home annual program for it's been several years now, where you know, people who are buying JAWS out of pocket or ZoomText or Fusion can can pay the yearly fee and get access to the current version. So we're, we're looking at how do we shift that model into other sectors of the business and enterprise employment sector is one of them. We've already got some customers that are in this model of paying a yearly fee, and then they've always got access to the latest version, uh, the number of seats that they need. So I, I think you'll you'll continue to see us kind of transform that model of how we operate from a business perspective, just to stay in line with what's happening in the real world of software. Well, guys, we got about what uh, fifteen minutes or so left. Yeah, we we probably ought to look and see if we have any. We don't have any hands up yet, but that's because we haven't asked. Yes, exactly. So we oh, should, I, I we think should it's ask time it. to take some questions if there are questions. While, 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 while we're waiting, uh, uh, Ryan, do you want to tell us about any new exciting things you're doing for your light project this this year where we're waiting for hands? So it's the 10th anniversary of the Jones Family Christmas Light Music Show this year. It's our 10th year, which is mind-boggling. Wow. So, wow. I mean, to for the 10th year, you got to do something. So I'm, I'm adding a few thousand more lights. I've got some different oh my gosh. types of lights that I'm using. The problem is this job keeps me really busy. And to keep, you know, to do these 24-hour turnaround projects, like what you guys just asked me for with that keystroke stuff, I, I don't have a lot of time to do light show when I'm doing stuff like this. So, you know, I can only add a few things 
So how many lights are not going to go up on the tree because of what we did? I'd I'd say several kids aren't going to have as good of a Christmas now (laughs) because of this. (laughs) I really do. Yeah. No, it's going to be a good year. Uh, uh, My wife and I are really excited about it and looking forward to it. I've I've already been working for several weeks in the evenings and such. I've got a fair amount of stuff already put up. All right. Good, good, good. have some hands for you. Uh, Jessica. Hi. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Is there a place where I can find a list of commands like those for the focus, except for a HIMSS BrailleSense device? So right now the HIMS devices are not one of the ones that the mappings are there for. We're in we're in conversation with HIMS and hopefully that will come out in the not too distant future. So right now you could use um you know the the alt insert v to bring up the from a keyboard perspective but there but the key maps are not there to do the pannings and other things. But hopefully like I said, we're we're in talks with Hems on that now, so we can hopefully get that in before too long. And when and what, when it does come out, you'll see it on our What's New page uh, for a release. We'll we'll list out those different commands. Okay, what would Alt Insert V bring up? Well, it'll bring up the Jaws dialog to let you decide which mode for Split Braille you want to move to. Oh, okay. What I meant was like navigation commands, like such as Windows D, Alt Tab, that kind of thing. So the reg the regular types of Windows commands. Yeah, is there a list that's as comprehensive as what the focus list is that's explicitly for the sense because I've been having so many problems with my focus braille display and L braille, but the Bureau of Services for Blind Persons here in Michigan may be getting me a braille sense six. Right now I have a Polaris on loan. So I'm trying to figure I out. I think you'd have to talk to him. I mean, because we wouldn't have those commands since it's not part of JAWS at that point. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks. Yeah. Who else we got, Monica? We have Diane next. Diane, I sent you the phone. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, good. Um, I just discovered that my SMA doesn't have any upgrades remaining on it. So I'm wondering um, what what the best way for me to go now is. Um, could I still get my SMA um, extended at this point, or you know, would I go with the home uh, home s- s- edition um, subscription? What would be um, the cheapest way for me to go? Do you have a JAWS Pro license or a JAWS Home license? Home. Okay. And are, you're using this for your own kind of personal use yes. at home? Yes. What, mm-hmm. what I would suggest is to go to the home annual, switch to the home annual program, because then 
you'll just pay a, a yearly fee. It's $96 a year for JAWS. And it'll auto charge you every year. You'll always have access to the current version. That's an easy way to do it where you, you don't have to think about it anymore. You could still call in and get your SMA up, upgraded. But mm-hmm. uh, I, for longevity's sake, I would suggest to switch over to the home annual program. How, how much now, would Ryan, it... Real quick, Diane, are you using Lisi or any any uh, products that that are attached to your serial number? Um, I I have used Lisi in the past. I have not um, upgraded it recently, though. Okay, okay. I was just gonna say, if you do, then you. I think she would get a new serial number on the home use, right? You would, Ryan. Yes, you would get a new serial number, absolutely. Right. So you would have to coordinate that with Brian Harjan when you. Okay when you transfer that. So just to keep that in mind. So I just wanted to make sure you were aware of that because some people don't realize that, that the serial number changes and therefore you have to kind of coordinate. Brian's great about that though. You just need to email email him and say, Hey, you know, I had serial number four, two, nine, eight, six, by the way, I have no idea who that is, but, uh, (laughs) but uh, you know, and it's now changed because I'm enrolled in the home use program and it's one, two, three, four, five. Whatever I've had this, yeah, I've had this serial number since the beginning, back in like '96, when I first Ooh. got Jaws. You've got an old number. one. You've got a four-digit, four four-digit, four-digit. No, I, it's or five. Maybe a five, yeah, five, maybe five digit. Five. Yeah. I, I have a four-digit. <laughs> okay, so, um, but so if uh, do you know how much it would cost me if I decided to go the SMA route again? Uh, let's see. I think for home. I'd have to double check. I don't have I don't have those numbers memorized, but it's around is it one eighty something maybe for the one eighty, but then but that's for two releases though. For, right? That's for two that's releases. For two re- yeah. That's for that's for two releases. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. Thank I was kind of surprised to see that I didn't have any left. Yeah, so. it kind of catches <laughs> you off guard, and you're like, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Thank Diane. Anyone else, Monica? That's it, Jeff. I, okay. I do have one other thing I want to mention, folks. Sure. Yeah, I, that's if great. If I can, Jeff. Sure, sure, sure. We've got left. I want to just briefly mention for anyone who does use Zoom Text, because we we have we, we got to give a little love to Zoom Text. One of the big things that happened in this release is they they completely redid the whole magnification engine. So it's kind of like the guts of Zoom Text. It's like ripping out all the wiring and plumbing in your house and redoing it and then putting all the walls back together. So it took about eight, nine months of work for a whole team just working on that. And it's made Zoom Text much faster, much quicker to respond. It's using less memory resources and things now. It's It loads faster. So for those who use Zoom Text or want to use Zoom Text, try it because you you really should notice a difference in the performance of Zoom Text with version 2024 going forward. And then the other thing I want to mention is I think a lot of people have heard about the contest that we've been running over the last six weeks, the Next Big Thing contest. And we've yes. been taking entries for that. We had a lot of really good ones. Um, I didn't see any from a few of you guys. I was kind of hoping I would, but I didn't see any. But nonetheless, it's I closed. didn't think I was eligible. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyone unless you worked for Vespero, you're definitely eligible. Yeah, we didn't but, think we would be eligible, so we did. Yeah. Well, next year we're gonna we'll do it again. So next year you got a year to prepare. I just got one All of right. my ideas put into Jaws, and I figure I bet I'm not gonna test it too severely, <laughs> one right after <laughs> the other. So I decided, nah, I'll wait. 
But on November 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 6 to 7, we're having the live event where the the finalists, we've chosen three finalists, and we're going to have a live panel of judges. The finalists will be there live to present. We want each of you to be there. We want everybody to join us. You can join us through Zoom. You'll even have a way to vote. We're going to do a voting uh, aspect for the audience. To, to This is going to help decide what we're going to call the next big thing in JAWS. And so go to freedomscientific.com slash next big thing. There's a link to register for that event. It's going to be on Zoom. Like I said, it's November 14th and it's before the ACB audio description gala. So we timed it so that it will not conflict with the audio description gala that I believe is at 730 Eastern yes. that night. Yes. I just said that to John. Yeah. So I'm glad. Yep. So cool. I just wanted to kind of plug that. It's going to be a fun night. I'm really excited about it. We've got some great finalists that are going to come on the show. Well, where can people find all these new releases at, Ryan? So if you go to freedomscientific.com, there's a heading on the page that says um, software releases. It's down towards the end. And under that software releases heading, you'll find a link for the JAWS. 2024 release, the Zoom text and the Fusion, you'll find in, in any of those articles, you'll find the links to download. But I would go to those links and you'll find all the write-ups, all the whole list of all the features, descriptions, the fixes, and then watch our training pages, our podcasts. Um, Rachel, Liz, that training team is going to be producing a lot of content between now and the end of the year on some of these new features. They'll have videos starting to come out, I think, even next week on some things. So you will, you'll see a big focus from us on getting training out there about these new features right now. Ryan, thank thank you you so much for being with us and telling us a lot about jobs and we didn't even scratch the surface. So anybody Uh, who feels like the hour went by so quick, (laughs) it did. So anybody who wants to can go look at JAWS and look at what's new because it's on the website and you'll see a lot of stuff that we talked about and much that we did not get a chance to talk about. So kick the tires, download it and have some fun. That's what it's about. Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan, so very, very much. And uh, thanks everybody else, Brad, for for, uh, hosting in Clubhouse, Monica, for taking hands and John and Larry, of course, for being you. When is the next main menu? now. When is uh, the next, next main, main menu? menu is probably going to be, be January. January because we've yeah. got uh, stuff going on for the holidays and then we traditionally take Christmas uh, off. So, because, you know, that's the week between Christmas and New Year. So, uh, we'll talk to everybody in 2024. Oh, that's kind of interesting, wow. right? We just talked about we just 2024. Talked about it. Yeah. So, see, we're all yeah. into the future here. And, Ryan, good luck on your light project. Stay safe out there. And getting Already. on the roof and all that. Exactly. And uh, yeah. Well, Thanks thank again, everybody. All. And we'll see you on November 14th to hear more about the next big thing. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Good, Good night. night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.